Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm Katie Brinkley, and today I'm sitting down with Stephanie Gunther. Stephanie and I have had the opportunity to talk for a while now, um, mostly just trying to get this podcast scheduled. And she has a wealth of knowledge about all things branding. So brand strategy, naming, visual branding, website design, you name it. She is going to answer all of our questions about how you can build a strong brand for your business. And this is the thing too with, with Stephanie. Uh, she's here in Colorado. So I always love doing a deep dive with a fellow Colorado entrepreneur. And when we can kill two birds with one stone talking something, social media, digital marketing, uh, brand strategy, and I get to talk to it about it with a local, it makes my day. So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. And I'm always very excited to talk about Colorado and branding and both at the same time. Well, and, and for our listeners uh, who remember the episode with Amanda Harness, Amanda's the one that introduced us. So you guys work uh, at the same building and uh, I'm assuming you probably have a ton of you know conversations about all things small business strategy, growth strategy, leadership strategy, because uh, she just has a wealth of knowledge. So I'm, I'm excited that we have the opportunity to sit down together, Stephanie, and really get to get to know you a little bit and, and your story. But also, we're going to be able to walk away with some awesome, actionable tips. So that being said, you are a Colorado native. I am also a Colorado native. I feel like we are unicorns here because everyone yeah. seems to have uh, moved here within the past decade or decade and a half. But uh, I, I live in Littleton. You work out at the Tech Center. And we are so fortunate that we are able to call Colorado home. Yeah, it is a a really wonderful place. And you're right. It, everybody seems to have caught on to that <laughs> now. There's, it's changed a lot, over, you know, since I was a, a child to now, but still love it and still really love being here. And I love doing business here. And I love the like the entrepreneur circles here and the friends that I've made. So it's like. I always think about work life balance, you know, like they need to work together synergistically. And so having all those things that like, you know, if you have work friends that are also your like your life friends and you're you enjoy what you're doing and you like your clients and, you know, I mean, it's just all of the things working together. So it's not it doesn't feel like, oh, now I have to go to work and then like, OK, now I'm off of work and I can go back to my regular life. It just all kind of blends together, which is really great. Well, and Stephanie, one of the things you said, too, is that there's a lot of entrepreneurs here in Colorado. I went to Denver Startup Week uh, this year in, in 2022, and I there's so many business owners here in Colorado, a lot of startups, a lot of people in tech. So I guess let's just start our conversation there. Why did you decide to become an entrepreneur instead of going down the world of corporate? Oh, it's such a great question. I, it's actually one I really enjoy revisiting now because, because at some point in time, you forget 
it's easy to forget how far you've come in that journey. And so I do always like going back to this and remembering even how terrifying it was to make that decision. And, you know, even going back, I did start out in corporate and going back that far. I I thought that was my jam. Like I thought like I felt so cool. I was in my like mid 20s and like hobnobbing with, you know, people that I thought were really like, you know, leveled up. And I was like, this is amazing. And I'm going to have this career for the rest of my life. And then and then reality sets in and you're like, this isn't making me happy. This isn't I don't think this is what I was meant to do here on this earth. And so um, I actually probably I don't know, I would have stayed in corporate for quite a bit longer, but I got I was a victim of the layoffs in 2008 and nine when the economy tanked. And I thought my world ended. And so by, you know, then these like weird series of event things happen. And so I ended up moving to a like a construction equipment company. And just a friend of a friend like had this need for somebody to come in and help them with marketing. And I was like, oh, I can like I can do that. That's what I went to college for. And um, I'm I'm good with marketing, but I hadn't actually used my degree um, at my last job. And so like I really feel like that's really where I started developing marketing chops. And I it it was a small business. And so you get that small business, that entrepreneurial spirit and and you have to teach yourself a lot in those types of roles because nobody else can. Nobody else is there to teach you. And so, um, you know, just learning all of the different types of marketing um, at that company helped really propel me into having this business that I have now. But it's it was not an easy journey. Um, it there's just so many things that you don't know about owning a business or running a business until you're actually doing it. And you're like, this is like an entire different skill set that nobody prepared me for. It's so true. And, and so I was going to say, one of the things, yeah. Stephanie, our, sim- our stories are very similar. So I was in corporate. I mean, I, I started in radio and then I worked at AT&T, DirecTV, and then AT&T and DirecTV merged. And I didn't have a backup plan. I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed uh, my boss. I loved my coworkers. I had amazing perks. I mean, I'd go sit behind the you know home plate at the Rockies games for my lunch break. It was awesome. And sometimes it takes that moment of taking a step back and being like, man, I would, that was all great, but it really was setting me up for success now. That's what's really helped Mm -hmm. me craft, craft my story. And I think that that is one of the things that's so important about your business, especially when you are a newer business or still in that growth phase. It is your story because your story really can be a part of your brand. And once that, I, I was ashamed to say I got laid off. I was afraid. I was like, oh, gosh, people are going to think that I'm not competent if I tell them that that happened. But right. it's not like I was I was fired for sleeping on the job. I mean, the company was acquired and everything that I learned from those past two positions set me up to have my business now. And it's a part of my story. I think that that is mm-hmm. that's something that so many people are afraid of when they're when they're just getting started is to to celebrate their past and from where they've come from. Yeah, it I always look I always think about it, you know, when you're especially when you're a little bit younger or when you're newer in your career path, it's you kind of start where you are right now. Like this is zero and you see the future. Right. And you have this like set of things that you think are going to happen or how you expect them to happen a certain way. And 
I'm going to work here and I'm going to climb up the corporate ladder and I'm going to have all of these things that go the right way for me, right? And then I'm going to retire and travel the world and live this glorious life. And it never actually goes that way. And so it takes a lot of courage to stop. And a lot of times it is because something happens to you, right? Like getting laid off that forces you into that consideration. But it does, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to step back and say, what is it that really actually lights me on fire? What is it that I actually can see myself doing every day for the next however many years it is, you know, 20, 30, 40 years? What do I want to do? And then reverse engineering that backwards to where you are now. And it's, it's really hard to flip that script. And usually it does take something like a layoff to be like, okay, this is happening, you know, for me. And so I'm going to try to reset my expectations here and see this differently. But it is, it can be really challenging. And it is really important to also own those things. Like where nobody has this perfect thing, you know, the life that just happens exactly the way it's supposed to. That's not, that's not even the beautiful part of life, right? Like that's just prescribed and kind of boring and a little safe. And that's not, usually what entrepreneurship is about. Well, yeah, I mean, if it was safe then and easy, then everyone would do it, right? Uh, but but it also too, Stephanie, that your story is so much a part of your brand. And when I tell people, you know, I got started back in the days of MySpace helping punk bands get off of MySpace and onto the radio. I'm instantly drawing in different people who say, oh, well, wait a second, I remember MySpace or, oh, I had no idea Katie was into punk. How funny. I listened to punk back when I was in college, too. I'm mm -hmm. making something about me stand out to my ideal clients, and my ideal customers. And it can be hard to, to figure out what exactly it is about you that will help you connect with different uh, customers and clients. But there's so many people out there. I mean, we'll just talk about social media. There's so many people out there that can help you with social media. but what helps me stand out from the crowd is how long I've been doing it. It's, it's how I got started. It's, it's all a part of my brand story. And I'm, you know, I, I know when I get up on, on stages and speak, I'm showing up in my, my kind of pink t-shirts and, and jeans. That's my brand. That's how I've built my businesses so that when someone sees my, my TikTok or my, my Instagram reel, they say, oh, of course, that's Katie showing up in her jeans and T-shirt talking about something from back in the days of MySpace, because that's how who Katie is. So let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how you can cultivate that brand story. Uh, I think you you call it the brand archetype. Yes. Um, so that's really just to take one small step back. That's really when I started going through my own journey of building a business. And, you know, in the beginning, you're like, yes, I'll work with anybody. Yes, I'll do anything. And you're just taking clients left and right. You're working with everybody under the sun. Your people are asking you to do things you, you actually don't know how to do. And you're like, yes, and. And you just keep going, right? You're like, you're a yes machine. I will do anything to make this successful. And then you have the realization that that's not going to work anymore. or It doesn't work or it becomes very soul sucking because you're working with the wrong people or trying to learn new things all the time, like constantly, which is also not the best use of time. And so really, when we start looking at branding, a lot of people, I think, especially small businesses and entrepreneurs think about branding as something that is reserved for big companies. And something that, you know, everybody's like automatically like Starbucks, Nike, uh -huh. Coca-Cola. And then we just that's the association we make with branding. And so that was really the aha moment for me was 
small businesses and entrepreneurs need to use branding as well. And it's more than just like wearing certain types of outfits or using a certain tone of voice or your logo. Like it's all of those things matter a lot, but it really like I see branding at the center of your entire business universe. Like it impacts everything you're doing. And so it really is important. And I hope to impart some easy like tips and things to think about as as your listeners are moving out into the world and like trying to apply this storytelling framework to it, because it is as simple as that as telling like children's stories like that is really the kinds of stories that we're creating. And it's it really comes down to having clarity about who you are and who your clients are. And and then and that's you're right that the way that we do that is by using brand archetyping to really um, help us bridge this really, you know, hard to conceptualize thing into like literal stories of like fairy godmothers and heroes and villains and queens, right? Like all of those things are a part of these stories and they're all characters and they're all storylines that we understand. And I think that too, with stories, if I'm a big fan of Donald Miller's story brand uh, framework, and I think that it, it, in the book, it's all about the hero's journey and, and really any movie, any book, anything that you, you connect with, there is there's a story that goes along with it. And when you have a story about your business, it makes it a lot easier for people to say, that's my person or I resonate with that or of course I want to do business with this person. So let's kind of go through that that framework that you uh, guide a lot of your clients and customers through on on how to figure out what makes them different? How can they stand out from the crowd? How can their business really be uh, be be that no like and trust factor that the second that someone lands on your website, they say, that's my person? Mm-hmm. So when we start working with clients, we we do a lot of work in the archetyping space. So we always start every project with archetyping and understanding what archetypes our clients are really, um, it's really more than just like they're trying to be. It's really what's in their heart and soul of the business. And a lot of times that comes down to the the founders or the, you know, the business owner, but it can also just be the culture and what is existing. What makes this, what makes this brand magical and special and distinctive at its root? And so we're really looking at that. And, and so we have, we use, Really, you know, archetypes go back to the early 1900s. They're a part of Carl Jung's work. If you're into uh, like all of his um, psychotherapy work and uh, there's just there's a tremendous value in that. But as we pull it away kind of from the psych world and into the marketing world, these are this is the marketing psychology that that everybody's using. And once you start to just get a little glimpse of it, you start to see it everywhere and you start to understand how you're being targeted. And it, you have to understand too, it's not for everybody, right? Like my brand is, should be for some people very, very clearly and then not for other people very clearly as well. Mm-hmm. Because that is what creates a truly special brand is having that differentiation. And, and, and while you take a breath there, I think that what you said previously about uh, when I first started my business, yeah, I can do social media for anyone. Yeah, I can. I know WordPress. I can help you with your website. Oh, yeah. And I can do your blogging. And I mean, then, and that is a very common trap that so many entrepreneurs fall into because when your business is first launching and getting started, any 
any business as good business, right? But as you really start focusing in, it makes it so much easier for you to make sales and for you to get consistent inbound leads when you have that audience figured out exactly for who it is that you want to work with, who you do the best work for, and who you have that type of connection with. Yeah, it's it really is. It's fascinating. The more that we've we started using archetypes um, and we we use a system that really analyzes 60 different archetypes. Um, there's still there's 12 main archetypal families. Right. And without just listing them all off, like those are going to be your hero, your magician, your ruler, the caregiver. Right. There's these 12 very distinctive categories. But then within each of those, we're really diving in deeper. Um, like, are you. What kind of magician are you? Are you a scientist or are you a woo-woo magician? Like, because there's both sides of it, right? And the hero can be uh, the rescuer or it can be just somebody who who believes in doing the right thing, who lives by integrity. And so we have to look at all of those things. But once we understand what makes up the the brand archetype and and for the listeners, if you're like, I wonder what brand archetype I am. There's, you know, there's certainly agencies like Wax Creek that can do archetype assessments. I mean, we have offers just for that. If you just want to come in and go through an archetype assessment and figure that out, we can do that. But there's also lots of resources online and different quizzes and things like that that can get you pretty close. And I also challenge most people to really think about their motivations. Like, why are you actually doing this? Like, what what is that part inside of you that makes you get out of bed in the morning? What makes your work so worthwhile? If it is, if it's helping people, if it's helping them, if rescuing them from other companies that take advantage of companies, or is it the promise of transformation, or is it to care for them and nurture them? I mean, is it to make their days happier and more fun and more lively? Like there's all these things. And so if we can start to understand what those true motivations are, most people can probably usually have a pretty good idea of what archetype they might kind of be. But you you also don't want to put yourself into just one space because just like human beings, every brand has dynamic and so in dimension. And so you might be a magician, but you might also have a lot of sage energy behind your brand because you value knowledge and wisdom. And so it's, it really is understanding the pieces of, of who you are and who you want to be and what makes you special and then building upon those characteristics and letting yourself go, you know, the full distance, if, if it falls within your archetype boundaries, like go the whole way with it. And if it doesn't, maybe maybe that's just you and maybe those are things you shared so you don't confuse your market. But just understanding those parameters can be really helpful when you're trying to find your voice or create marketing campaigns. And I think that, too, once you know exactly what what type of business, what type of person, what type of brand that you are it makes it a lot easier for you to charge what you're worth. And I think that as if, if you can do, if I could do social media for anybody, then what makes me different from, you know, somebody that works in India? But what I do, you know, and who I specialize in helping are, you know, those entrepreneurs with small teams and, and realtors and, and those types of people who are, I know the type of messaging, I know the type of strategy that works so we see results even faster. And I think that that's yeah. one of the, the biggest things is when you know who you're talking to, what your brand you know, archetype is, you can, you can charge the rates that you really are worth. Right. Yeah, it's, it really is. It does help add value into the brand because the, at the, all of these characteristics, right? All of these archetypes, 
are really just coming with us. It's like a DNA for the business. And so you have personality traits, you have a tone of voice, you have a style, colors. I mean, the way it looks and it it feels, but it is also those value characteristics. And that is how you add value above just like price and, and speed and quality, right? Like how do we get outside of that? And how do we convey value to our clients? And so by using the set of values that come with your archetypes, um, you know, if you're, if you're a ruler brand, you have tremendous leadership. And so, I mean, because when we, and when I think of ruler, don't think of bad rulers, think of good rulers, you know, like the benevolent queen or something like that. Like as a ruler, you come with leadership and expertise and a desire for the best of the best. And, and so those are the values you're bringing to your clients. And so capturing those things is what you should build those values off of. And your ideal clients are going to be, they are specifically looking for the values that you're offering. And so that is the thing that you have to remember is, you know, it's not so much like trying to reverse engineer it. If you just are who you are and you really build on the beautiful, amazing, uh, special things that already exist in your business and you double down on that and you're conveying that, those people that value the same thing will, I mean, it's like a siren song. They can't help but be super attracted to you. And I, I agree. I think that it almost makes it if you know who you're talking to, especially on social media, if I know exactly who I'm talking to, those people are going to get on my books there. It's going to make my organic out, you know, inbound lead strategy a, way easier. So I guess as we're, we're kind of man, this we're already kind of getting near the end of of the episode. One of the things that I found when I was starting my you know, my brand story was that a lot of people are afraid to to share their story, but two, they're afraid to point out what it what is that makes them unique. I like I said before, I was afraid to tell people that I'd been doing this since MySpace because I was like, well, if people hear that, then they're going to think I should be way further along. I should have way more followers than I than I do on Instagram if I've been doing it that long. But really, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it this is where I think. When you step into your own uniqueness, you embrace that story. It makes it so much easier to to turn those those people, those lurkers into leads. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. And I I would say, I mean, to anybody who's kind of like wanting to embark into this space a little bit and understand it, it can it is hugely permissioning, right? Like it permissions you to be who you are and it also permissions you to be okay with who you aren't. And so, and I, like, I see, you know, archetypes are just one type of assessment that you can do, but I see other assessments the same way, right? Like if you follow the Enneagram or Strength Finder or any of those, you know, even Myers-Briggs, like they give you permission to, to utilize your strengths. You already know what they are, but we get so worried, especially as women entrepreneurs in particular, like we're always thinking about how we're being perceived and what everybody will think of us. And that is the wrong energy to bring into that. You should be, if you aren't sure, uh, I would challenge everybody that's listening to go to your closest circle of professional friends or colleagues and your best clients or, or past clients and ask them the traits specifically that, you know, and, and the experience they had, whatever it might be, what made it special? What was it about working with me or working with the company that really stood out to you? Why were you attracted to us? And it's hard to ask those questions sometimes, but it's so empowering to understand those things. And then you have to take all those things and like 
put them on a piece of paper by your computer because you need to remember them every single day because that is as really as simple as this is, right? It's just getting those strengths, understanding the essence of the brand. Why are people drawn to you? You, It's not rocket science. You already know those things. It's just about the validation of those things or hearing it from somebody else. So that's a great place to start and then build on those things. Promise those things to your future clients and build them into your experience. And it's really starts to become aligned. Well, and I think Stephanie, too. So for me, I I did exactly what you're talking about here. And I sent it to past clients, clients that I enjoyed working with the most that we saw the best results from. And it really allowed me to see what it was that were that were that was my superpower. What was I best at stuff that I, you know, kind of was just taking for granted was something that Mm -hmm. they were like, I love the fact that you do X. I love that this happens. And it wasn't always just numbers based. It wasn't, it wasn't, right. oh, well, we gained 10,000 followers in the past year, you know, organically, which is great. But it was other parts of my business that were truly uniquely me. So when, mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they're saying, okay, well, how, I know some people that I'd like to ask, what, what are some of the steps that that you would say to them, would you say, go ahead and create like a Google form and send it out? Would you have a recorded conversation? How would you go about trying to get this information from some of your best or, or past clients to figure out what it is that that makes them unique? I really think it, whatever feels right. You know, I mean, I think you want to always look at what the, what is the desired outcome you're looking for? If it's just to understand it, then I mean, you could even just take people out to coffee and have a conversation, right? Um, if you're looking for uh, use of the testimonial at the same time, which is a smart move, then I would you could maybe video record those things and have those video testimonials or capture it in a Google form or something like that. You know, a Google form is going to give you more honest feedback because it's not face to face. And so if you really do need to know maybe the good and the bad or things you could improve on, um, I would maybe go that route. If you're just looking, if you need a solid testimonial and you just want all the positive and you just need to hear those things, do it on video because you're going to get all of that super positive feedback with not as much negative. And then, like I said, if you just need the clarity, just start talking to people. It doesn't need to be overdone either if that's all you're looking for. And I think that also like for me, one of the things that I did after I, I got those responses is I started incorporating it into my my messaging on my website. I started putting it mm-hmm. onto my social media bios. I started incorporating the the verbiage and a lot of the the words that they were saying into the captions of my social media posts. And that's what yeah. really changed a lot of my business. I found that now I was growing faster on social media and it was with the right people because I knew exactly who I was talking to. Yeah, it's I think it's so valuable. And I think the negative feedback is also super valuable. I have a really quick story I'll share about that. Um, we had a client, I, I guess it was early in, or maybe like mid 2020, right during the pandemic. And we, we did a rebranding project for them and we did, it was a beautiful project. It was some of the best work that we, we've put out. It was just, everything was right. The logo, the website, it was beautiful, but the client was having problems with us. And I, like, I was sitting around completely perplexed. Like, what it, what am I missing here? Because this is everything that we're creating is amazing. And I don't understand why we aren't totally on the same page here with expectations. And, you know, upon further analysis, I, and I started to learn 
that that client really valued uh, control and stability a lot more. And that was just their archetype. They were up in the ruler area of like, I need this stability. And we were kind of operating in a like, we're making a lot of changes and we're flying by the seat of our pants and we're taking risks. And that's that's more our energy as a magician. So understanding that about the client and about who we were was a huge breakthrough, not only for me, but for my team to be like, oh, like we're still doing great work. This doesn't mean we're bad. We just need to meet this client where they're at and understand what they value in order to make this an experience that they're going to give us a five-star review about because it doesn't, that is a hard lesson, right? No matter how good the work is, if the experience isn't as good, you're not going to get that five-star review. And so that experience and those touch points and how you make people feel in the process is maybe more important than the actual work you're doing, which that just broke my brain when I figured that out. I was like, because, you know, it's always like, got to do great work, got to do great work. And then learning that was challenged that significantly. So that's why feedback is very useful. Yeah. And I think that we've, we've actually had uh, Enneagram uh speakers come on to the podcast before. We've had someone talk about DISC on the podcast before. So if someone's interested in what you're saying with, with these different, you know, archetypes, right? And I know, I know I'm messing up the way to say that, but, but if, if someone says, okay, well, I'm curious because like I took the Enneagram and it didn't really make sense, like didn't really feel like it got it right for me or I took the DISC and it's kind of eh. Talk to us a little bit more about where somebody can go and learn more about what type of archetype that they might be. Sure. Um, a really good place to start. I mean, if you just start at our website, we have a lot of information about archetypes on there or any of our like our social media, primarily LinkedIn. I do a lot of talking and posting and writing about archetypes. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. So I talk about it endlessly to anybody who will listen. Um, but there is a lot of information there. And like I said, also, there's there's books about archetypes and there are there's lots of like wheels. You can just look at different wheels like the archetype wheel and understand what the 12 categories are and what they stand for. Um, again, I think that's something you can find on our website as well, which is just waxcreek.com. And if, but, um, saying, if someone wants to connect then, with you over on LinkedIn, uh, get just yes. over at Stephanie Gunther, we will include links to the website and to LinkedIn. Um, in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. And we have a lot of resources about that. And we have, we've created our own assessment and things like that. So if anybody does want to understand that, we also offer virtual and in-person archetyping sessions. If you want to really deep dive and understand, you know, get that report of who you are. And it really is, it's like one in 11 million are the, you know, is the type of archetype profile we'll put together. So that can be really special, but there are a ton of resources and there are a lot of like free assessments and things like that out on the internet as well, just on Google. So, I mean, I just always want to encourage people to enter the world. If you aren't sure and you're curious, just even just start with Google, because the more people we can teach about how important these things are and, and it makes it more fun and it's, it makes doing your marketing a lot more enjoyable and easier. So if we can just even start the conversation and I'm happy, really, if you ever, ever, if anybody ever wants to talk about archetypes, just message me on LinkedIn and all we could go for days. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining me on the show today. This has been an awesome conversation and hopefully everyone has some ideas on how to get the messaging right so that they can start charging what they're worth and doing business with the right people. Stephanie, this has been awesome. Thank you again for joining me on the show today. 
Thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate you having me here today. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.